Good morning, everyone. Well, that, that was a little bit lame, wasn't it? Good morning, everyone. Okay, good. For those who don't know me, my name is Paul. I have the privilege of leading the team that oversees New Life Community Church. So I just want to say, I think right from off the bat, days like these are a great privilege, aren't they? We take, we're taking the opportunity to celebrate together as family the decision that both Sophie and Anais have made in faithfulness to be baptised in accordance with the scriptures. So this morning, uh, I know Alice will remind us of some of the practicals at the end, but we're going to aim to finish no later than 11.45. And I am going to ask, I'd appreciate all hands on deck to help a smooth and quick pack away. And this should give us hopefully enough time to make our way down to Fordham Bridge Rec uh, for 12.30. And then we'll look to baptise these guys about 1pm. So isn't God good? Amen. Okay, and we, as we understand and read the Bible, we strongly believe baptize, baptism sorry, to be a milestone moment for any person who has decided to follow and live for Jesus. And today is a significant day and one of great celebration. The word, uh, the word baptism comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to wash and is a practice that is both physically symbolic and spiritually significant. Symbolic because we're not taking the opportunity to, to wash people that we've noticed are a little bit dirty. Jesus says to one of his followers, actually, if I do not wash you, you have no share with me. Baptism is a symbol of how Christ has washed you at the cross through his death and his resurrection. Now, the majority of us are able to wash ourselves, and that's not actually meant to be a hint to anyone here. I'm just saying that we can give ourselves a good scrub that will make us look ship-shape and shiny on the outside, but the washing that Jesus does gets to a place that no sponge can get to. He gets to our heart. He gets to our soul, our spirit. He washes in a way that presents as holy to God, presents us as holy to God, which means to be set apart for him. And that kind of washing is something that only Jesus can do. When we baptise, Sophie and Anais will, they're going to go under, be fully immersed in the water. And thankfully we've got a nice, uh, I, I believe everyone's told me it's really warm the river at this time of year. <coughs> They're going to go right under, be fully immersed. And in doing this, we are publicly responding to how Christ has taken our old self and buried it with him in his death. And in leaving that old self behind, we acknowledge the power of God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead also raises us to new life with him. When Sophie and Anais come out from under the water... We celebrate the dirt that separated us from God is left buried in the ground. We arise before him, washed, clean, and set apart for him. As the Apostle Paul declares, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Baptism is a response to belief in what is known as the Great Commission, Jesus commands his disciples to go, therefore, 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Disciples, these are guys who are committed followers. They are guys who have wholeheartedly given themselves to the one that they follow. There is nothing complex about this. They are simply those who believe and are convinced that the one that they are following is completely worth following. And Jesus said that those who are his followers are to be baptised. And we see that very pattern within the New Testament, okay, of people believing and being baptised. One leads to the other and neither should stand alone. In the Gospel of Mark 16, 16, Jesus says, whoever believes and is baptised will be saved. When the Apostle Paul encounters Jesus and begins a journey of following him, a servant of God called Ananias instructs Paul to immediately go and get baptised before embarking on the mission that God had called him to. Now, this same Apostle begins his journey of sharing good news with others, the good news that in Christ you become a new creation, that through Christ the old self is gone and the new one arises. In being this witness, people choose to believe and follow Jesus. And he then takes those guys and he baptises them. Great examples for people like of Lydia and the Roman jailer. All these guys who believe and then are baptised with a great sense of urgency. There's a good few examples of these with little time spared between believing and being baptised. So baptism is a response to belief and is a command from the one that we believe in. Your belief, your confidence, your conviction in who Jesus and what he has done can be summarised through really, I think, one question and answer. When Jesus asks Peter, I would like the question that Jesus asked Peter, who was another one of his followers, he asks him, do you love me? I mean, what, what does it mean when someone asks you a question like that? What does it mean to love? Well, at the least, at the least, biblically, I mean it to, I believe it to mean something like this. Peter, do you, with all your heart, trust and believe me? And if your response is like Peter's when he says, you know I love you, you are saying, Jesus, I believe you. I trust you with all of my heart. And that kind of trust is accompanied by a joy. That is the simplicity of love. Sincere trust accompanied by joy. And joy doesn't mean joy. We're not talking about happiness. It's a deep satisfaction of the one that you trust. And that satisfaction is expressed through our emotions of laughter and tears. And yet, according to Peter, that joy of loving Jesus is so set apart from anything else in life that it is inexpressible. As he writes in the letter to the church, you love him even though you've never seen him. And though you do not see him now, you trust him and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. Now, I, um, I imagine many of us here have experienced a wedding before, whether through obviously getting married or, uh, or through attending one. When two people get married, they make promises to each other. 
promises about how they will love and care for each other for the rest of their lives. And believing and putting your trust in Jesus is a bit like that. God has made lots of promises in the Bible about how he will care and look after those who love him. When you decide to put your trust in Jesus, that is a lifelong promise to him. It says, I believe you wholeheartedly. And so my love for you is not just for today or for tomorrow, but for the rest of my life. Now in a wedding, after the promises are made, something special happens. The couple exchange rings. Actually, this is a really odd-shaped wedding ring, by the way. It actually prevented my finger being chopped off as, it, as my father-in-law dropped a fridge on it. It genuinely is bent so badly, but the fridge did save me. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that symbols do have more purpose than just, um, <laughs> just betraying the deep love and affection I have for my wife. <laughs> so we exchange rings. The ring is a symbol in the presence of God and in front of all the people who have come to the wedding of these wonderful promises that have been made to one another. And I believe that's what baptism is like. It's like the exchange of rings in the presence of God and friends and family. In terms of being spiritually significant, I believe it to be a time when God publicly affirms those who are faithfully being obedient to him before others. And this is the model that we discover in the baptism of Jesus. Jesus being one who did not need to be baptised, but in doing so revealed something of the significance of this event. God, before all witnesses, affirms Jesus as his son, his beloved son, a son with whom he is well pleased. And that is what I believe happens every time someone gets baptised, that God affirms before the heavens and the earth that you are now a son or daughter, a son or daughter with whom he is well pleased. He publicly affirms that it's a done deal, that he has given you of his Holy Spirit and that he abides in you as you in him. And baptism equally publicly proclaims, Christ has done it. My old self, my sin has died with him at the cross and his power over death has raised me to life with him. Sin and those things that once had power over me can no longer reign in me and over me anymore. Because now I have one who is in me and over me and he is greater. Let me read to you from um, Romans 6. So Romans 6, verses 3 to 11. This is from the Apostle Paul, who encountered Jesus and was baptised, who then went on to witness for Jesus and baptise all those who would follow him. Disciples making disciples. He says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptised into Christ Jesus were baptised into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like this, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him 
in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. In a moment, I am going to invite Sophie, who's going to share a testimony in response to today. However, before I do, I just want to share a little moment that happens in the Bible that can be found in the book of Acts chapter 8. We have this really really helpful account of a guy called Philip who by God's leadership he bumps into an Ethiopian traveling from Jerusalem back home and this Ethiopian was he's a well-educated guy of high standing within the courts of his queen and one who was trying he's trying to get to grips with God's word now the guy clearly had faith but was trying to make sense of that faith through the understanding of the word of God. And so this is where Philip has the opportunity to explain how the Bible, what was written by the prophets in the Old Testament, pointed towards the good news about Jesus Christ. And once the good news of Jesus Christ had been explained, as soon as the Ethiopian sees water in what was, by the way, a journey of desert, dry land and tumbleweed, he says... See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptised? And that is what happens. The Ethiopian, on understanding the good news about Jesus, he wastes no time in getting baptised. And so I just wanted to say, you might be here this morning, you might have a faith You might still be figuring out how that faith applies. You might have wrestled with understanding the scriptures. You might feel like that you're in a desert place with no sign of water, but even something this morning might click. Maybe something rings true and makes sense in the light of the good news of Jesus Christ. And I just want to say, if that has happened for you this morning, there's actually no real reason that anything should prevent you from being baptised today. And so I want to open that door to happen, okay? I want to, you know, if you feel that God is prodding your heart to respond, I want you to come find me afterwards, okay? And preferably before we head down to the river, okay? (laughs) Let me invite Sophie to come and share her testimony. wife Sophie, Dale's sister-in-law and Dave and Michelle's daughter-in-law. <laughs> what made me want to get baptised is my faith is strong and the Lord has been working wonders in my life for the last 14 years. There's been times where I've felt lost and Jesus has helped me find myself again. I used to be ashamed of who I was as a person and constantly worry what other people thought of me. 
and now I don't because I can finally say I'm proud of myself and how far I've come as a person and in my faith. I have dyslexia, dyspraxia and ADHD. I don't see them as a burden. I see myself as limited edition and I finally love me. <laughs> Well done, Sophie. That's excellent. Limited edition, hey? <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah. The difference that Jesus makes in our lives. And uh, for Sophie and Nays, I think, you know, we are believing this to be a milestone moment for them. A, 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 a moment where God seals something in them that uh, enables them to embark on a mission for him. And so we see this as a, a significant moment for both of you guys. So we, um, in fact, let me just, uh, let me invite the worship team to come back up and join us. And we're going to respond together. <clears throat> Let's stand together, shall we? So we're going to say, we're going to have plenty of opportunity now to come together and rightfully, rightfully respond to the wonderful way this magnificent holy God has made a way for us to come to him in his presence through his son. And I just want to say even now, we're going to plenty of time to worship in response. If at any time you feel like you have a word of encouragement or a prophetic word, and these are words that we believe God has given us uh, that are for the benefit and blessing of the church to greatly strengthen believers in their walk with Jesus. Let me encourage you to bring that as part of your worship. And if you've uh, anything particularly for Sophia Nays, I want to encourage you that this is something you might have prepared or something God has been speaking to you over the course of our time together. I'm going to ask you to hold on to those. Sorry, no worries. I'm going to ask you to hold on to those um, until we've baptised them, okay? And they've had an opportunity to get changed or dry, okay? All right? So they have the most time to really soak those in. And it's also really helpful that if you haven't done so, please write them down for them. Like if you have a prophetic word of encouragement, Sophie and A's, in response to today, please write them down for them. They, they become precious memories that serve a lifetime. And then, you know, please to take the opportunity to share that with them afterwards. Okay, so we're going to pray. The guys are going to lead us in our time together in worship. And we're just going to come with a sense of thankfulness to a holy God who has welcomed us all as sons and daughters and a sense of celebration for what he's done in the lives of Sophia and A's. We thank you, God. We honour you. For you are the one who is worthy to be praised in all of this. As Sophie said, she's a limited edition because of what she recognises her unique, uh, special place in this world because of you. And she doesn't have to look to the world and what they offer and who they might you know, consider her to be. All she needs to know is what you think of her and how you've welcomed her in. And I thank you for the blessing that you've pulled out upon her and the confidence and conviction, that rock-like conviction that you've placed under her feet, that is in you, Jesus. And I pray now for her and her knees, Lord, that you would uh, use this moment from here to publicly affirm them, God, in the way that you do as a son and daughter. 
And yet, as they, uh, Father, I pray as they go from here, may they have your hand of protection over them. May they have your hand of blessing upon them. Father, may we see them grow in you in a wonderful way. We love you, Lord Jesus, for these moments. And so we want to bring it back to you. We want to bring our offering of worship to you. And Lord, I pray, Father, for anyone here who's just sat in that moment and thinking, well, I've got faith, I've been wrestling with it, and now I'm feeling provoked. God, would you move their heart? Would you move their heart closer to you? Would you move their heart to understand the scriptures, understand the goodness of what you've accomplished for them? For anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen.